The Bakers of Weber's Bread presents your all-star Western theater. Recorded earlier for release at this time. Drifting along, singing a song under a western moon. From Hollywood comes your all-star Western theater, starring America's great Western singers, Foy Willing and the Riders of the Purple Sage, bringing you the music, the stories, and the spirit of the great open spaces. Today's special guest, the great folk singer Eddie Arnold. But now, here are the Riders of the Purple Sage. Yippee-oh, at the break of the day, I ride along with a song in my heart all the way. I find an open range, a land that is free. Out where the skies of blue keep smiling down on me When the sun goes to rest on the rim of the west The moon above will return and the cowpers will burn To the stars above I'll sing of my love With a sagebrush symphony back with you again, bringing you our western songs and stories. And speaking of western songs, here's one that kindly hits the spot with a cowboy who likes to sing a song of yesteryear. We especially like it and hope you do too. Sometimes.
Well, boys, that was a right nice song. It has a good homey quality, like Weber's bread. You know, it's true that Weber's bakers make hundreds of thousands of loaves of bread each day for Southern California housewives. But it's also true that each individual loaf has all the flavor and freshness of the best home-baked bread. That's because few housewives, busy with cleaning, getting meals, taking care of the children, could possibly give their bread all the care and attention that is given to each loaf of Weber's bread. Baking fine, tender bread is all the bakers of Weber's bread have on their minds. That's why each loaf of Weber's bread has all the good-tasting freshness you associate with home-baked bread and all the quality you associate with Weber's bread. So always buy Weber's, the good bread in the blue and white gingham wrapper. And now, friends, the boys and I have a real treat for you. We want you to meet one of the greatest folk singers of all time, Tennessee's own Eddie Arnold. Hello, folks. Boy, it's mighty nice of you to invite me to your all-star Western theater. I want to thank you. Oh, don't thank me, Eddie. We had a selfish reason. We want to hear you sing. Uh, maybe something I did on Victor Records? That's right. It's a sin? It is. Listen and you'll see. <laughs> like we thought he would be. Well, Foy, what about you and the boys and me doing one together? Eddie, singing with you is a privilege we aren't going to overlook. So if you'll just take a front row seat while we tell our story, we'll get together right after it. Okay, act good now. <laughs> okay. All right, Terry, take over. Well, few folks believe in ghosts. Least of all, Foy Willing and the Riders of the Purple Sage. Or so they say. Still in all, today's story is one they call The Ghost of Little Deer Canyon. As all Westerners and most tourists know, there are so many beautiful canyons in the mountain country that it's difficult to say which particular canyon has been most graced with nature's unsurpassable handicraft. There are canyons which are stark and unchanging, canyons with streams or rivers, canyons that are dry, and canyons with lush vegetation bounded by softly rising foothills. 
Such a canyon as the last is Little Deer Canyon, almost idyllic in its beauty, and fiercely loved by the half-dozen families who have small ranches there. And it was in Little Deer Canyon that there suddenly appeared a ghost. The riders of the Purple Sage know Little Deer Canyon well. They've ridden through many times. They're acquainted with the families living there. Through the grapevine, they've heard of the strange appearance of the ghost. And they've come to investigate. Little Deer Canyon. Pretty as ever. Garden spot. That's what it is. And the best place in the world to have a picnic. Boy, I do declare, it doesn't seem possible to me that folks would believe there's a ghost in this canyon. I know, Al. There's something mighty peculiar going on. Ghost? There ain't no such. Don't be too sure, Johnny. Boy, do you believe in ghosts? I didn't say that. But there's a lot of things that go on, and nobody's been able to explain them yet. Al, do you believe in ghosts? Don't try to pin me down, son. Boys, you ready to take a camping spot for tonight? I am. Yeah, a ghost-proof one. <laughs> How does that little fan of Aspen strike you there by the river? Looks okay fine. by me. Let's pull off down there, then. Easy there. Stand there, girl. No wondering about. I'm, uh, I always did favor Little Deer River. It's so peaceful. You know what burns me up? Okay, I'll stooge. <laughs> what burns you up, Johnny? Well, here's a pretty little stream and a thirsty cowboy can't drink out of it. Seems silly. Here's a water bag, Johnny. Yeah, that's what I mean. You gotta be careful of typhoid fever. And that water's as clear as a bell. However clear a bell is. You know, boys, this makes me think. Ridiculous. Now, wait, give me a chance. I was thinking there's probably typhoid germs in Little Deer River there. Well, likely so. But you can't see them. That's right. And there's supposed to be a ghost in Little Deer Canyon, but you can't see him. Well, is there a connection? Sure, Al. Oh, I get it. We get the ghost to drink out of the river, and he gets typhoid fever. Oh, dry up, will you? Oh. I mean, if we wanted to take the trouble, we could see the typhoid germs by hunting and looking through a microscope. Oh, I see, Al. Boy's going to hunt the ghost with a microscope, whatever that yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, to find the ghost the same way I'd find the typhoid germ. Hunt it down. Two-gun willing to the rescue. <laughs> oh, you guys. Hello. Hello. Hey, it's Jim Gardner. Hello, Jim. Hello, boys. Look, fellas, he's got everything loaded into his wagon. I was just noticing that, Johnny. Why, he was one of the proudest homesteaders around here. Yeah, sure seems funny he's leaving. The ghost. You really think so, boy? Shh. Well, Jim, by golly, how are you? Nervous, boy, nervous. Oh, hello, Johnny L. How are you, Jim? Jim? I guess I don't need to ask what you're so nervous about, Jim. Uh, the ghost in Little Deer Canyon. You're moving out, Jim? Yeah, four ass old. To who? A young fella, new around here. Andy Sequist, his name is. Hmm. Andy Sequist. He's not afraid of the ghost, I guess. He says we're all fools. He says... Uh... Jim, what do you mean, we're all fools? Why, shoot, boy. Everybody's leaving Little Deer. You mean you're all being scared out by a ghost? Well, if I was alone, like Sequest, I'd stay. But I got a wife expecting, two small kids, and they're nearly out of their heads with fear. Well, what scared them, Jim? The ghost. Yeah, we've heard about the ghost, but, I mean, did you see anything? Heard it. Heard it, huh? What did it sound like, Jim? Worst sound a mortal man ever had to listen to. What kind of a sound, Jim? Boy, I, I don't hardly know how to describe it. it. It cuts through your head like a bread knife. You can't get away from it. Fills the whole doggone canyon. Gosh, how do you mean it fills the canyon? I mean it fills the canyon. You, you, you can't hide your head under a pillar or nothing like that. You can't get away from it. How often do you hear it, Jim? Boy, it's been going on most every night, three weeks or more. Never happens in the daytime, I suppose. Oh, no. Anybody ever say what kind of a ghost it was or whose ghost? Well, somebody told Andy Sequist it was the ghost of an Indian chief. It was the head of the tribe. He used to live in this canyon. Well, that sounds logical. Andy don't believe it. 
But I don't know. Jim, you say you sold your place to this Andy Sequest? Yeah, and he's welcome to it. Anybody else sold out to him? Well, there's only one family left, the Cutlers. They'll be selling out for long. Well, great jumping G. Hossy fat. The ghost has really cleaned out Little Deer Canyon. Sure has, Al. Well, I gotta get back to the wagon. I'll see you, boys. Hey, Jim, you think the ghost will howl tonight? He'll howl. You bet he'll howl. Want another log on the fire? I don't think so, Johnny. We'll be turning in shortly. <laughs> What's eating you? Oh, I'm writing a song. That's all, brother. Yes, sir. Oh, oh, I forgot to tell you, this is an Indian song. Who does the hunting when the chief is out haunting? Who does the flinting when the chief is out hitting? Who does the planting when the chief is out ranting? I know, never fear that. Al. Huh? What was that second line again? Hey, you like my song, boy? No. But what was that second line? Oh, well, uh, who does the flinting when the chief is out hinting? I think... Huh? Yes, sir? I think that's the key. To what? Somebody's hinting. What? What do you think that was, hmm? Who's got the castanets? That's my teeth. Johnny, let go of me. I can't. Who does the hunting when the chief is out of hunting? Boys, listen. There'll be some more. Oh, no. I I tell you, fellas, I I think I'm pretty brave most times, but right now my blood's running mighty cold. Mine stopped running. Can you guys tell where that's coming from? No, and I ain't sure I want to. Be serious. I'm serious. Chains. An Indian chief clanking chains? Rawhide doesn't clank very loud. Boy, the sound is all around. It comes from everywhere. Jim Gardner said he was like that. He said he'd fill the can. And then you couldn't get away from it. Well, Jim Gardner's a truthful man. Well, I, I don't think he can ever become a member of the Riders of the Purple Sage. No, but he's a good candidate for the Who's Gal, and I think I know his name. Hey, guys, look! The, the ghost. ghost. A white ghost on a white horse. He's riding the ridge above Cutler's Ranch. Come on, boys. Yeah. The shortcut. He stopped. He's such a perfect target. I missed him on purpose, Al. On purpose? For a good reason, I hope. Johnny, back at the campfire, I wrote two questions on a piece of paper. I want you to take the piece of paper and ride the big deer and... Right now? Right now. When you get there, call the ranger station and ask the ranger these two questions and bring the answers back as quick as you can get here. Okay, but it'll be about six in the morning. Good, we'll be at the Cutler's. think that old rooster would be so scared he'd never crow again. When the sun comes up, a rooster's going to crow, Mr. Cutler, irregardless. And I'd like to see that very same rooster go right on crowing on that very same fence. Oh, yeah. I, I hate to bring up the subject again, Mr. Cutler, but if you'll just stick with us for 24 hours... But I saw the ghost last night, boy. Right up there in the ridge. We saw him, too. But I think we can lay him to rest if you won't sell out. At least not to Andy Sequest. 
Well, Andy didn't want anybody to sell out to him. He, he poo-poos the gold. Hey, here comes Johnny. That ain't Johnny. Oh, oh, that's Andy. Hey, come on out, boys. I, I want you to meet him. Hello, Andy. Hello, Mr. Cutler. Andy, uh, this boy Willing, Al Sloy. I want you to know him. Hello, Hello Andy. Did you uh, hear it last night, Andy? What? The ghost. <laughs> Mr. Cutler, I think all you folks are going crazy. I didn't hear anything. Well, I... Uh-huh. Al, you didn't hear the ghost? No, I was sound asleep. Well, I heard it. My family heard it. Mr. Cutler, don't tell me you want to sell out to me, too. Mr. Cutler's half decided to stay here and set the ghost out. Well, I'm glad to hear it. If there's a ghost, of course. But, Andy... Uh... I'm riding down to Big Deer, Mr. Cutler. Got to register the deed to the Gardner Ranch. Anything I can do for you down there? No. No, thanks, Andy. Well, all right. And you stick around. No sense in me owning the whole canyon. There sure ain't. Johnny, you made good time. Yeah, but am I beat? Hello, Mr. Cutler. Hello, Johnny. Did you get it, Johnny? Yeah, boy. Here's the answer to your question. Well, Mr. Cutler, you're going to have to sell anyway. I am. Yeah, but not to Andy Sequest. Come on, boys. While Andy's on his way to Big Deer, we're going to look around where the ghost disappeared last night. stashed away in this little cave, which our friend so carefully camouflaged. There's a lot of equipment, but what is it? Yeah. Our friend Mr. Sequest is a ham operator. What is that? I had to ask the range if there are any ham operators around here, and I felt silly. Why, Johnny, any fool knows that a ham operator is somebody that operates on hams. <laughs> I kill myself. Please do. What is it, though, huh? boy? Andy operates a shortwave broadcasting outfit. This is it. Shortwave? Al, you ride up to the other end of the canyon and see if you can find something that looks like this up in a tree. What'll I do with it if I find it? Leave it there. Johnny, you look down at the lower end of the canyon for the same thing. Okay. And I'm going to Andy's and see if he's got any whitewash laying around the barn. Andy, I'm real glad you consented to come along with Johnny and me. Well, to tell you the truth, boy, I don't see much sense in it riding around the canyon in the middle of the night. Well, I think maybe with your help we can find this ghost. Uh, there's no ghost around here. Those people are nuts. They're out of their minds. Well, I'm not going out of my mind, and I saw it. That's right. Whoa, boy, whoa. And I heard it, too. Right up there on the ridge. That's where we saw the ghost. And the sounds he made. Wow. Well, I never heard anything or seen anything, so I'm not going to let myself believe in it. The rest of you want it's okay with me. Only the Gardners and the Fremonts and the rest of them were darn fools to sell out and move away. And I told them so. How much did you pay them for the ranches, Andy? $1,000 a ranch. I bet I could have had them for $500. Why, those ranches are worth $5,000 apiece if they're worth a dime. Sure they are. You think I'm going to turn them down if those people are such fools? What in the name of... The ghost! What's going on here? What kind of a gag are you guys trying to pull? Oh, what a scary ghost. There ain't no ghost. I know there ain't. I mean... You mean what, Andy? It's a trick. It's some kind of a trick. A trick about like the one you tried to pull, isn't it? I didn't try to pull anything. It was legitimate. I mean... We know what you mean, Andy. We found your little broadcasting set up in the cave. What's that got to do with it? I'm a licensed ham operator. Sure, I know it. I know, too, that you've got receivers and amplifiers in each end of the canyon. I have not. Oh, yes, you have, you great big fat ghost, you. Uh, but look, fellas, I... And I, I found the whitewash you put on your horse when you appeared on the ridge last night. We also know why you wanted people to move out of this canyon, even though you told them you thought they should stay. I didn't want them to move. Hey, I'm get you! 
You wanted people to sell out to you cheap because you found out there's a government dam going across Little Deer River at the lower end. How did you know? This whole canyon's going to be a reservoir, and the government's going to buy the land at a decent price from the owners. Look, fellas, maybe we can make a deal. We sure can, brother. We're going to ride down to Big Deer with you while you deed back to those people the ranches you tricked them out of. And you'll do it with a grant deed, and you won't try to get your money back. But I, I don't understand. And then you'll get out of this part of the country. Or do you want to have a lot of trouble? I... All right, fellas. I'll do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Johnny Ford, drive space right up and tell Al he can quit being the ghost of Little Deer Canyon. sure solved the problem of the so-called ghost in Little Deer Canyon. You probably don't need any ghost problems solved, but if you've got any menu problems, you'll find Weber's bread can be plenty helpful. The downright goodness of Weber's means more meal appeal. Each fresh, tender, flavorsome slice makes any food more satisfying, more nourishing, too. For example, have you still got some leftover turkey? Try it creamed and serve on crisp slices of Weber's toast. Or try cold turkey sandwiches on tender slices of Weber's bread spread with cranberry sauce. Any way you eat Weber's bread, it's got a flavor you never tire of. So buy Weber's bread, always fresh, tender, and delicious, in the blue and white gingham wrapper. Now the riders of the Purple Sage and the ever-great Tumblin' Tumbleweed. Here on the range I belong 
the tumbling, tumbleweed. Now, Eddie, what'll it be for? Well, one of our favorite is a song of yours, one you wrote and recorded for Victor, and which has had tremendous popularity. Well, let's commence. The boys, the boys and I would like to join you, Eddie, in singing that great song. That's how much I love you. How about it? Okay. Now, if I had a nickel, I know what I would do. I'd spend it all for candy and give it all to you. I'd spend it all for candy and give it all to you. Cause that's how much I love you, baby. That's how much I love you. Now if you were a picture, I'd hang you on the wall. I'd sit where I could see you and never move at all. I'd sit where I could see you and never move at all. Cause that's how much I love you, baby. That's how much I love you. Now, if you were a tiger, I'd hang around your den. I'd pester you, my honey, until you let me in. I'd pester you, my honey, until you let me in. Cause that's how much I love you, baby. That's how much I love you. you to join us again next week. Our thanks to Eddie Arnold, who appeared through the courtesy of Ralston Purina Company, Tyler McVeigh, and also John T. Smith for helping us tell our story. This is Floyd Willing speaking for Al Sloy, Johnny Paul, Scotty Harrell, the Riders of the Purple Sage, saying so long and the best of luck to all of you. Drifting along, singing a song under From Hollywood, you've heard your all-star Western Theater. A V.M. Bear production starring America's great Western singers, Boy Willing and the Riders of the Purple Sage. The script was written and directed by Scott Farnworth. This is Terry O'Sullivan speaking.
Lost Star Western Theater was recorded earlier and came to you from Columbia Square. This is KNX in Los Angeles, inviting you to listen to Vaughn Monroe at 9.30 tonight. It's 27 seconds until 7 p.m. B-U-L-O-V-A, Bulova Watch Time. To get the best selection and service, choose your Christmas Bulova now. Bulova watches are priced from $24.75 to $2,500 at better jewelers everywhere. <laughs>